our broker told us that the seller told um, him to tell us specifically that um, he received a offer that was $50,000 higher and ended up going with us because of the letter specifically. So I think it's a lot, it's a relationship sport for sure. Um, it's very important to create those relationships with people, whether it's your broker or um, different people out there that are getting you in front of the sellers. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate vs. Tech. I'm your host, Norman Kinsey. We have our co-host, Mr. Dan Gandy. Welcome, Dan. Thanks, guys. I'm happy to be here. And today, of course, of course, and today we have a very interesting new episode for you as we want to bring you a wild card episode every so often. So today we have the network nurse, Savannah. Welcome to Real Estate vs. Technology. Hi, thank you. I'm excited to be here. I love the wild card. Right? Yeah, we have to change it up, right? Majority of the time for the viewers and listeners and for everyone out there, it's a more traditional side, right? Traditional real estate professionals, what are they doing? Or coaches and, and technology providers in the sector for the residential side. But it's nice to have someone new and someone creative and innovative. And we love what you're doing in regards to how you've kind of taken that uh, fact that you're a nurse and tied that in with your branding and your marketing and your Instagram and your social. And you're still juggling both, right? Sure am. Full-time registered <laughs> nurse and uh, my side hustle is real estate. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Before we got on air, you're, I think you were saying like you just took off the day so you could be on the show, take care of some other things. So I love that about you. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's, that's awesome. So the show is all about you and your business. Want to deep dive a little bit more into that. So, um, you know, how long you've been in so far? Um, what made you get into the business and uh, what areas specifically are you investing in right now? Yeah, definitely. So I got into real estate investing at the beginning of 2020. I was on maternity leave with my second daughter and um, my husband and I were just looking at different ways that we could start creating more income for our growing family. And currently the only investments that we had were through our employers. We were putting like 15 to 20% of our paychecks towards our retirement accounts. It was a big chunk of money and it was money. It was a little bit defeating to know that we couldn't touch it until we were 65. So we were looking for ways that we could kind of create passive income and multiple streams of income to kind of offset kind of our employment. So I'm working full-time at the hospital, still am. My husband works full-time and we were realizing with our current schedules, just the flexibility of being able to like take our daughters to soccer practice or pick them up from school or Mm -hmm. be on a field trip. Like that was really non-existent for our current work schedule. So we were trying to offset some of our income by creating multiple income streams. So um, stumbled upon real estate for obvious reasons. It's an amazing Mm -hmm out there to kind of create some passive income and multiple streams of wealth. And um, we originally got started in the single family homes. And after we did that, we went right into multifamily syndications and really just saw the opportunity to create a business. Um, at the hospital, I oversee operations and administration. I'm in a leadership role. I've gotten my master's in nursing leadership and administration. So I have a great experience kind of overseeing and running like a healthcare type system. And so looking into the multifamily syndication seemed really ideal with like really our current skill sets. And then it's provided me the opportunity with the syndications to now provide this amazing investment opportunity to other nurses and doctors that I work with. Wow. Talk about like bringing it together full circle. That's huge. And it's so true. I think so many people out there get caught up in 
kind of just like that retirement and my wife as well. I mean, she's a teacher. And so we went from California here to Arizona is where we currently live. And um, it's like, you know, good old Calsters. It's like, what can you do with that money? You can't really touch until 65 or you get penalized. And we're still thinking about touching it. But, you know, <laughs> kudos to you for being able to do that and make that happen. So what does it look like as far as, so how long have you been in so far? Just one more time. How long has it been? Started at 2020. So you're in 2020. Wow. So you're fresh. Right. So what's the goal? When do you find yourself at a point where you think, okay, like, do you think you'll ever want to quit? I mean, I know that's probably your passion, right? You got in to be a nurse and you spent so much time there. Do you see yourself ever exiting or you want to kind of do both? I love it. I, I get so much fulfillment out of it. I think my goal is to not feel like a slave to the job. I mean, definitely mm -hmm. some days where I don't necessarily want to go in and just having the opportunity and flexibility to maybe move to a part-time job or to be able to take months off at a time and not really rely on that paycheck as heavily as we're relying on it. I mean, the goal is to exit my husband into real estate uh, within the next three years and then me hopefully shortly after, but that's kind of how we're working almost two jobs now, like you said, hustling over the next like three to five years to kind of get to that tipping point for us. Wow. That's awesome. And I have to say, uh, thank you so much for your service. As we know that last year was super, super rough for so many individuals out there. And I'm sure, I mean, the influx, I can only imagine, especially when the pandemic hit, like, I mean, I'm sure you were probably working some overtime there and to then have that job in this type of environment and then also start the company you guys started. That's, mm -hmm. that's kudos to you for, for doing all that. Props. So, yeah. That <laughs> props. Um, give us some context. So like, what does it look like when you think about kind of maybe like the standard operating procedure or the procedure just in general to say, look for properties and are you finding properties to fix and flip? Are you finding properties that you're holding um, as rentals? And, and what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're doing a multifamily syndication deal. So uh, my husband and I have really kind of split up our business at this point now that we've done a few syndications. So he's really in charge of acquisitions and asset management. I've kind of steered more towards investor relations and marketing. So what it looks like, I mean, we're looking for value add apartment complexes to hold for about five years and get really over 100% return on investment for our investors. Um, so looking to double their money in five years. So we're looking at apartment complexes that kind of fit that model in terms of being able to add value by either raising rents, decreasing expenses. There's a lot of different opportunities and ways that you can look at these buildings to add value, either converting different uh, units, creating additional income through implementing like rubs or uh, laundry, um, converting storage units that you're renting out. So a lot of different opportunities to add value to these apartment complexes. And also, I mean, we're kind of hitting this sweet spot. We're investing in Oregon and we're hitting this sweet spot of these like kind of smaller multifamily deals. Like our first one was 12 units then 24, 18 was our latest one. And we're going in and they're kind of like these owners or these sellers who have a few of these properties. They're just wanting to get out of it. They're usually older. They're just kind of done with it. They're wanting to have a more passive approach. So, so they're really motivated to sell. And we work with yeah. them great broker up there who's giving us these kind of off-market pocket listings with good returns. So really what we're doing is we're now purchasing these apartment buildings by raising money from other investors. So um, naturally, which is kind of the nurses and doctors that I talk to who, what the syndication model is, is like you're pooling together resources, usually capital resources, and then the operator resources to buy these apartment complexes that we, my husband and I wouldn't necessarily be able to buy on our own. And mm -hmm 
doctors and nurses, they're not going to be able to buy them. But by joining forces and they're, they're putting up the equity, we invest in our deals as well. We're doing a lot of the sweat equity, putting up the risk capital. Um, we have friends and family investing in the deals. So we're kind of pulling together those, those funds to take down these apartment deals, which have amazing returns and a lot less risk than some of the other strategies that are out there. I love that. You're uh, creating awareness and you're showing an opportunity and you're inspiring and motivating more people than just yourself and your husband to potentially be able to take advantage of this opportunity. So as far as uh, last question I have, we'll then give it to Dan. We'll do a mix up around here in a second. Um, how many properties do you currently have and what's the goal for the next 12 months in additional properties you want to add to the portfolio for investors that potentially go to your website that want to invest in your uh, portfolio? Yeah, definitely. So we have the two single family homes and then the three apartment complexes that I listed, the 12 unit, 24 and 18 unit. Uh, we'll plan to maybe do like one or two in the next 12 months. We did like three within six months, which was a lot. It was a lot of work. So I'm hoping to kind of take a step back and rework some of my marketing and my strategy and kind of just getting really specific about where I want to go with the net worth nurse. Um, so maybe take like a little bit break of a break and do two deals within the next 12 months. That's kind of our goal. Wow. That's, that's super awesome. I can only imagine too, because there's so much opportunity. Like you're just, you're at like the very, very tip of this giant <laughs> iceberg because there's podcasts, there's books, there's videos, there's, there's speaking engagements. There's so much more that I'm sure that is going to be presented to you because people are seeing this and they're loving your approach and like, Hey, you want to come? <laughs> it <laughs> is, <laughs> it's very overwhelming at times. I swear social media in itself could be a full-time job. Like I could sit yeah. and act with people on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn, like full-time. And some people do do that. And I'm sure it's super effective, but yeah, mm -hmm. I need a little bit more specific about my strategy. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. show, this show here is turning into a full-time job. Dan and I talked about it. We, we put out like 90 episodes and now we're like, oh my God, like this is turning into a business. Like, hold yeah. on here. So we found it. Yeah. I don't know how many yeah. subs we have. I don't know how many subs we have now. I'm going to 2000 almost, I think. 2000. Yeah. 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 So we're coming together. Yeah. It's been awesome, but go ahead, Dan, take it away, man. Yeah. I got some good questions. I mean, uh, no mad props. I, I just wanted to say working a full-time job and doing this itself. I came, I've done worked in syndications before and, uh, it, you're just, you're in a short amount of time. Like your track record is, is getting better and better and better. And you're acquiring more and more units. What would you say is the biggest challenge to the syndication realm? If it's, you know, the operations, keeping investors happy, the actual project of value add, like, what do you think that is? Um, probably the initial underwriting and, and finding the deal. Um, they do come a lot easier as you start going, but I know taking that first step of really making sure your underwriting is on par, it takes a lot of due diligence and investigative work. So when we get the pro forma from our brokers, we kind of tweak it to our liking. We vet out our numbers with property managers, with contractors, with um, different rents in the area. We do a very submersive, submersive uh, investigation on all our numbers and then because and then tweaking it because if we're holding these for five years now we're making like predictions based on these numbers so we need to kind of evaluate the market trends throughout the specific market and kind of the history of some of these numbers so it takes a lot of upfront work and it's so important that we get this piece right right because the business strategy really is based on this and this is how we're getting our investors money so it, if mm -hmm. this 
there's some sort of problem or issue or something that was <laughs> wrong in that piece, you could potentially lose your investor's money. And that's something that we're not <laughs> set out. <laughs> so we spend a lot of time and energy on this upfront piece. I think I was on a phone call with your husband and I was, uh, I was talking about that. I was like, I love syndication. I just joint venture because like, I, I just have this stress that like, I don't want to be managing other people's money and I want to be able to control the boat. Um, so I, it's mad respect there as well. Cause it's, it's, it's challenging. Um, also in the investment space, I think one of the hardest things that I have, I have like, there's like 5 million on my board right now of people trying to 1031. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a lot of cash investors who don't want to syndicate and will pay cash hundred percent for the asset. And like, how do you compete against cash buyers that when you, when you, I know that some of these are off market listings, so maybe they're not marketed, but how do you compete coming in as a syndicator versus what we're seeing in this organ market, which is like strong liquid cash investors that are like, I'll write a check tomorrow. Let's just mm-hmm. get through due diligence. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's very, very dependent on the market. I know there's very competitive markets out there. The last two deals we did were off market. So it was really kind of that foundational relationship with our broker to get us in there and kind of speak up on our behalf and advocate for us in the sell of the deal and negotiate different credits and that sort of thing. I mean, so honestly, for the first deal, we did the 12 unit. We, um, it was a million dollar price point and it was like our first deal. We were super excited about it and we submitted a personalized letter with it. We threw on a picture Smart. of me, my husband and I, our two daughters, and just wrote a letter of like, Hey, this is going to be our first multifamily deal. Like, this is why we want to do it. Like our kids are growing up so fast already. Like we just want to have more time with them and just gave like a quick little letter. And I mean, That's I awesome. trip or that tip off uh, bigger pockets. And my husband was kind of like rolling his eyes as I was writing the letter, but our broker told us that the seller told um, him to tell us specifically that um, he received a offer that was $50,000 higher and ended up going with us because of the letter specifically. So I think it's a lot, it's a relationship sport for sure. Um, it's very important to create those relationships with people, whether it's your broker or, um, different people out there that are getting you in front of the sellers. That is a great strategy. Uh, we used to do that a lot in California. And I think a lot of people, they, um, our brokerage just got rid of it. You cannot do it. Oh. Uh, it's it was at the broker meeting like two weeks ago like the, lo- the lawyer for the entire state was like no more personal letters <laughs> it it opens this discriminatory issue where they gave you the deal versus somebody not and i'm like i get it but like that's a great strategy yeah and how you present your offer so one more big question too i think that everyone really wants to know other real estate agents that are listening to this podcast, um, what would you advise them if they want to get into creating more passive income, getting into investments? You know, I don't know how many investors, I don't know how many agents that I work with that when they list an investment property, they just have absolutely no clue what they're doing. I ask for due diligence. They're like, they're not going to provide that. And there's just like this, like not this thorough understanding of investment properties what would you say is like the easiest way and best way for an agent to get involved in possibly syndication or anything regarding income producing properties? Yeah, definitely the education piece. I mean, that was huge for us too. just kind of learning about logistics and how, how things kind of work in these deals. 
kind of expect through the, when you submit an offer through the due diligence period, I mean, kind of how the conversation goes with the lenders and with um, investors like that piece. And still it's, it's fluid. It's not like set in stone. I think after we did our first deal, we were expecting like, okay, well, wait, isn't this supposed to happen? Like we read a book about this, like, isn't this how it's supposed to go? And then as we were going through it, they were like, oh, okay, like everyone kind of does thing, things a little bit differently. But I think as you just kind of educate yourself, then you have this foundation. And then the more deals you do, you learn, I mean, just going out there and taking action and doing deals is what provides us like invaluable knowledge and experience in the market. I mean, we take away huge learning experiences throughout the due diligence phase and the acquisition phase for all our deals, like different things just from working with different people. No, it's huge. And I, and I know Norman will love this. I'll touch on it for a second is that I'm an investor myself. And when I buy, I basically took my old due diligence checklist that I learned in multifamily and I combined my fix and flip. And now when I submit any type of offer, I'm like, do not accept this offer unless you're going to give me everything on this investment property addendum. And if you don't provide it, my offer is invalid do not waste my time. And I like boilerplate my, my offer. And that has been so helpful from a systems and like standard operating procedure of crafting the right message right off the bat that like, we're serious, open up your document, file cabinet. If you're not willing to do that, don't waste my time. Um, yeah, getting specific is huge. I think that's what gave us so much momentum going into the Oregon market and kind of creating our first deal because we created this relationship with the broker and we were like, hey, we're looking for 12 to 30 we're looking at one to $3 million value add. Like this is specifically where we're looking at as opposed to some syndicators or operators that go out into a market and they're like, hey, send me some value add deals. And as a broker, you're like, wait, like what? I don't even know what to begin to send you. And by the time our broker started sending us, I mean, maybe it took a little bit longer than if we were very open to all sorts of deals. Maybe it took a little bit longer, but by the time he sent us those deals, we were like on it. We're like, okay, we're able to jump on it right away because this is exactly what we're looking for. It meets that criteria. So it's good to be specific about what you're looking for and what you want. Yeah, no, it's huge. Especially when these cap rates are just so all over the place. Like mm. there's people buying in my backyard right now. Like there was a four and a half million, like uh, 92 unit portfolio that just hit the market at 3.3 cap. And it was bought in two days. What? That's like that, California status. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so we're, rate. we're seeing a lot of it and it's, 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 a, it's a little bit challenging for the 1031 players, but um, mm. I just tell my investors just hold off. <laughs> Just wait, save money, build your war chest because uh, the Oregon market's very different. Unless there's technology companies here and everyone's working remote, the economy is definitely going to shift. And when it does, you're going to see portfolio unloading. So we're waiting for that. But no, this is all good information. This is great stuff. Love it. I love it. Well, thanks, Dan, for uh, taking all the mix up around there. And I, yeah, I just yeah. love, I love this episode because I think it's so important and it's so it's informational in a sense where people out there, any viewers or listeners out there need to really understand that there's opportunity, um, you know, and if anyone's listening and kind of feeling a little like, uh, what are they saying? <laughs> Syndicate is that other thing. It's not that serious. It's basically one person finding opportunities and telling another person, Hey, I need your money for this opportunity. Here's your return. It's ABCD, big buttons in color. Right. And uh, I, I love what you're doing, Savannah. I love like if anyone, I have the website behind me wants to check out what you guys are doing, check it out. And I think that it's good to have someone like yourself and your husband and what you guys are doing with your company, because then you take a lot of 
almost like distress off the plate. You're like, hey, check it out. I, here's the due diligence. Here's the homework. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. This is the criteria. That's what I'm looking for. Oh, we have an opportunity. You're ready. And then, you know, you're good to go. I mean, a couple last questions for me is as you scale, what's the plan or how are you going to manage tenants? Like as far as property management, as far as the tenants, um, leaky toilets, I mean, you know, this isn't like a lease to own type situation, which we can do here in Arizona, which my wife and I are going to explore because then it's like out of mind, out of sight, like, go ahead, it's your property now, you're leasing owned to this thing. Um, how do you handle that? that? That's a whole new logistics in itself. Yeah, w- property management teams in place were always something that we were looking at from even the beginning. Um, even when we were doing single family homes, we had always gone into it with the mindset that we were going to be hiring property management. And that's specifically because we work full-time jobs. I mean, we're pretty much tied up Monday through Friday, eight to five. So we weren't going to be able to address and respond to our tenants with that sort of stuff. So it was very important from us from the beginning to vet out good property management companies. And this, it was a lot of interviews that we were having with property. It's always, I was going to say, it's always a process. It, It was a lot, a lot of deep, deep questions, conversations, years of experience, their experience with specific problems, overseeing different business strategies in our specific model and investments. Um, so it very much having that built tr- built up trust and relationship with a property manager was so important to us. And I mean, we've flown out to Oregon multiple times um, just to really kind of get face to face with these people. And my husband, Lupe, he does all the asset management. He has very wrong regular conversations with our property management team. So we really kind of offset that responsibility over to someone else. Nice. That's all. I-, I love it. Delegate, right? Delegate. And it's great that there's property management companies that can manage your portfolio in that sense. And you can pay that, you know, eight to 10% fee, depending on whatever it is. And yeah. just factor that into uh, the equation, which is really, really cool. Well, wow. I mean, this has been great. I don't know if Dan, you had another. I was just going to say something about PM and property management, just in general. Like if you're a broker out there or an agent, like, like do what Savannah did, ask the hard questions. Like I'm, I just went and got another certification for investment properties. And the gentleman teaching the class was talking about like, one of your number one goals in building your all-star vendor list is making sure you ask like the right questions to the property management company. He goes, I don't know how many times I've built, like I've given them portfolios and just completely destroyed it. Um, and he goes, it learned, it just turns into a lot of litigation. Um, so me and my business partner, we, we have vetted like 13 to 15 companies within the, like the Willamette Valley. And like, we fell in love with this one guy who just like understands it gets it. He's got like 475 units under management and he's only been in the business two years and he's got like way more better communication. And everybody that we talked to that were the sellers, um, the sellers, the clients that were coming to us were like, yeah, he manages our properties for us. He's amazing. And he's only been doing it two years. And so I say, when you find that like golden unicorn, like you just like, now I'm like, let's start strategizing about buying investment properties where he serves. And I think that's, that's what you really got to do as a broker and agent. So yeah. yeah, I love that you mentioned that too, because we rely on our brokers so much for referrals like that. So when we're like, we're buying, we bought our last one up in Pendleton, Oregon, and we don't really, I mean, we're exploring that market very some. I mean, it's in Oregon, so we know more Oregon, but our broker re- represents a lot of different sellers in that area and just different people. He knows a lot of people and he's been heavily involved 
the deals there. So he's able to get, get reach out to his people and be like, Oh, they've referred me this property management it, going off the referrals to begin with is super helpful, even with lending, financing, um, yeah. and contracting services, like a good broker will really be a huge resource to investors out there to be able to provide that information. But then it's ultimately up to you to do your own homework and then have your additional interview as well. Yeah, I love it. I love that. And if anyone wants to start their own gig, it's like, you know, these individual property management companies are like a direct correlation of representing who you are. Last mm-hmm. thing you want to do is have a company misrepresent you and then you're looking like a, you know what? And it's just like, sorry, like, you know, so yeah, you got to do your due diligence out there. And, um, but anyways, I have to part of the show now where we want to leave the floor be open to you, Savannah. So is there anything that you want to like leave for the listeners and viewers? Maybe if someone wants to, you know, do something themselves, they want to reach out to you, any advice, take it away. Yeah, definitely. I know you guys don't usually do syndication on your uh, show. I kind of gave some bits, snippets of like really kind of the overview process of it. But I mean, I really just cater to investors who are looking to be passive in their deals. I mean, I have conversations with all the time with investors who are involved in real estate, have done single family homes, or they've done Airbnbs, but they're just kind of done with it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I got a barrier of people because I'm in California and they're just like, the market's crazy. I just want to sell it. I want to put it in a syndication and just be kind of done with it. Be passive, collect my rent checks every quarter and just kind of ride it out that way. And it's really an amazing opportunity for people who want to be really involved in real estate in terms of receiving the amazing rewards that you get and returns from real estate investing, but not wanting to do a lot of the heavy lifting. And then at that point, you're just betting out operators who are, are willing and able and experienced to do that heavy lifting for you. So it's kind of a perfect partnership. I mean, I love the business model. We really fell in love with it. And now, especially, you know, as a nurse connecting with other doctors and nurses who are like, don't have the time to be researching all this different real estate terms and and how to underwrite properties and how to get financing, but they want to get involved in real estate. And it's, it's really the perfect partnership. But if you're remotely interested in anything I've been saying, reach out to me, <laughs> connecting with reach other out people. To Yes, the net worth nurse under all social media handles. That's Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook. My website right there, thenetworthnurse.com. Um, I love connecting with people, so don't hesitate. Wow. I love that. Awesome that stuff. That's super awesome. I mean, I definitely feel like someone could be listening and like getting in, getting inspired by this or even seeing the opportunity for they can start to diversify their you know, the money they've been working so hard for over the years. So thanks so much for being on Savannah and actually shining some light on all this for uh, this wild card episode. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Of course, of course. Dan, thanks so much for, for yeah, thanks, bringing Savannah. this together. Yeah, yeah being, for sure. Being the co-host and uh, thanks to all of our viewers and listeners as it is our intention for you to take some from our episodes to apply to your business to have more massive success. And we will see you on the next one. And made it to the end. Well, thank you so much for watching Real Estate vs. Technology. We hope you found value, especially something you can apply to your real estate business. If you could do us a favor, we would appreciate it. A thumbs up. If you subscribe, hit the notification bell. You'll be notified for new episodes coming out. And comment below, what the heck did you learn? If you want to join our Facebook group page, there's a link right here. If you want to be featured on Real Estate vs. Technology, send us a DM on our Instagram page. We'll see if we get you on the show. So, take care. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you on the next one.